Hi, you're listening to On The Town, and I'm your host, Tanya Cooper. Thank you for watching again this week. This week's guest is comedian and magician, Mr. Kevin Lee. You have seen him on BET's Comic View. He's been on NBC. He's been on Last Comic Standing. And he's been at the Showtime of the Apollo, HBO, Def Jam Comedy. And you've seen him on probably at every comedy club from here to Wazusa. Please give it up for the one and only... Mr. Kevin Lee. Kevin, are you on the line? I am on the line. Oh, I like, how are you? I, I, this is the first intro I've had in my 30-year career with a dog in the background barking. It's, <laughs> I, love, I love the sound effects. That is awesome. <laughs> Listen, we're quarantined, and he's trying to get in here. <laughs> You want to know what I'm doing in the room with Kevin Lee. I got you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's trying to get in the room. He's like, I want to be in the building. Uh, but how are you? I am, uh, I would say I'm great, but nobody's great in uh, this world right now. But um, I'm alive. I'm healthy. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I get to um, now do something I haven't done in a long time. That's sit at home on the weekends mm-hmm. and um, just do nothing. And uh, that's been my life for the last couple of weeks since all my shows have been canceled. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because a lot of comedians, you know, have part-time jobs. The ones who aren't rich and famous have part-time jobs. Um, I've worked my, you know what, all for the last 30 years to get to a point in my career where I'm a full-time professional comedian, even though I'm not super famous. I'm one of the best, you know, road comics in the country, you know. Right, right. This is my livelihood that is now officially uh over (laughs) well never say over because i think that everything just will have to figure out how to go online and then um also which is why we have you here too is you have your book which is awesome um playing with fire playing with fire is a book of my crazy life it's an awesome book it's uh just talks about my life as as a as a kid all the way up through uh my teenage years and then getting into uh the comedy and, and the magic, you know, and uh, and then, you know, being a street performer mm-hmm. and then making it on to national television levels and traveling the world as a, you know, elite entertainer and all that sort of stuff. So it's, a, it's about my journey and my journey is pretty crazy. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I was reading uh, some of the book reviews and um, someone said that it was an honest, open look at the entertainment business, um, a man's journey through uh, through his life. Um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Well, that's well, entertainment. I mean, well, basically, um, people's pain is other people's entertainment, you know. So uh, it's like watching uh, some of the crime shows like Snap or something like that, or <laughs> right. you know, shows where you know, we watch these shows for entertainment, but these people are actually living real life tragedies, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's our guilty pleasure. My book is sort of like that, which is really weird because I'm a stand up comedian. Right. I, I live in making people laugh, mm-hmm. but my book is so serious, you know, and I didn't want the book to be serious. I want the book to be funny because wow. I'm a comedian. Right. But the book did not come out funny because I was oh. honest about my life. I was honest about a lot of things that happened in my childhood, my teenage years, mm-hmm. my marriages, my divorces, and mm-hmm. all the crazy stuff I went through, you know, in my life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, I had a sister that was murdered. So I talk about everything in the book, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, People read the book and they they hit me up, they email me or or, or hit me up on social media. And go, hey, Reggie Booker just finished crying. 
<laughs> you don't expect a comedian to put out a book that makes people cry. So I apologize for that. But uh, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, well, it's, uh, I mean, from what I'm all the reviews I read, I didn't get to read it all, but um, all good reviews. And um, and most importantly, it, uh, you like you said, you, uh, you went through the whole journey. You didn't just give us a piece of it or just right. try to make us laugh. Because I think comedy comes from um, all those dark places that we have. Oh, yeah. Well, Richard Pryor, who, you know, arguably the greatest of all time, right? Uh, the GOAT, arguably. Um, no argument for me, uh, but, uh, you know, who had a more tragic life than Richard Pryor, right? right. And he turned, he turned that, you know, that tragedy into comedy, you know? Sure. And, and then there's the old, the legendary uh, tragedy uh, face, you know, the tragedy comedy face, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, so comedy is tragedy. You know, we, most of us make things funny. I mean, nobody's doing, hopefully nobody's doing Corona jokes now, but right, right. Now, there will be Corona jokes, you know? Yes, exactly. You know? Well, I had, I had a Corona joke. I mean, I, I mean, it wasn't like Corona, Corona, but, um, the one good thing about the coronavirus is that now kids will finally get to see their parents who work 60 hours a week. Yeah. So, hey, uh, that, that so is it's true. a light joke, but I, I thought, that was fair, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, the parents want to see the kids. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well. Then those are the other jokes that that are being prepared as we speak. Yeah, uh, but I'm but sure. yeah. So so yeah. Oh, there's plenty. I mean, there's some good stuff out of it. I hate to, like even even yesterday I saw um the president on TV, and for the first time, I actually saw him for five seconds humble, just for five seconds, uh, for humble, and almost for a minute until he. You know, started saying what a great job Mike Pence did and that he did, except for that he did a better job. <laughs> well, I'll let you a little secret, a little secret. We're having, we're actually filming our podcast right now. Um, and I'm glad to be with you, by the way, oh, in the middle, uh, in the middle of a uh, President Trump breaking uh, news. Uh, oh. Yeah. So it's, it's on all the channels. It came on at six. He's doing his daily briefing. So, uh, so we're, we're we're missing it right now. I guess we'll see the rebite. Oh man, I'm trying yeah. to see if I can see it. Um, that way. Oh, it's a briefing. I'm trying to see. Well, it's uh, can I get it live so I can hear? I mean, I don't know. Is it that? Yeah, that- yeah it's live. I I turn I turn my volume down so we can uh so we can chat. But I'm, I'm I have it on my screen in my office. Okay. So so I'm, so, so um. Well, I guess I guess we'll be able to hear. I'm sure someone will let us know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, um, we're New Yorkers. We both live in New York, so I think we're gonna be. I think we're basically on lockdown right now, right? Yeah, so, we are. We are. Yeah. Um, so now that goes to jail. See, you learn it. Even though there's people still going out to the store, like I mean, I saw some kids going hiking yesterday. I mean, people are just out doing crazy stuff. I'm like, okay, you do that. Um, but I'm not doing that. My daughter just called me from London and said they just got, uh, they're getting high numbers now because London is small. It's like the size of, of, uh, probably like the size of, uh, what, Manhattan? You know? Yeah. And small. I was supposed to, I was supposed to, I was supposed to be in London, uh, in April. Um, and then over to, uh, flying over to Russia for a layover. Then I was going to another oh. country to perform. Yeah. So I have, uh, uh, you know, I perform all over the world. So yes, I, I, I know. I see that. I saw your tour you know, schedule, and I was like, "This guy never stops." You know, my April is canceled now. My May is canceled. Uh-huh. I haven't, pulled, I haven't pulled my June gigs. I mean, nobody has. We'll see what happens, but you know, those things that probably won't happen either. Because even if this virus vanishes, let's say this mm-hmm. thing disappears anytime in the next three or four months, people still aren't going to have either the money to come right. out 
or they're not going to trust to come out, you know? Right. Well, I mean, the industry is going to survive this. I'm, this is going to be a really tough thing for the comedy club industry. And I have a lot of friends that make their living performing on cruise ships, you know, comedians, right. singers, dancers. I have a lot of friends on cruise ships. I don't know how they're going to survive. I don't know if this industry is going to survive this. This is really scary times for performers. Yeah, you got the big time performers, you know, the Kevin Hart of the world, Dave Chappelle of the world. Those guys got millions of dollars in the bank. And they're also, uh, you know, they'll go rent a theater and people are going to come out and see them, you know, somewhere down the road. But I'm just talking about the comedy club circuit and maybe mm-hmm. the industry. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I've been brainstorming on how they're going to survive this. And, you know, I perform them in both of those venues. I do cruise ships. And I also, of course, I make my living in the comedy clubs, you know, so. Well, cruise ship, I'm not sure. You're right. That's going to be tough because I know I'm, nobody, I mean, everyone's going to be like, hmm, that's the transportation mode. That's possible way that it got over here that quick. But um, but as far as um, comics, I think, I, I mean, I was thinking of this. I started making these new um, sketch comedies just for radio because do you remember um, when you see the old clips of the 1920s when people, families would sit around the radio and listen to what was com- coming yeah. up? Yeah. I think that is going to make a comeback, honestly. And I see people on TikTok. I see people on Instagram. I did a, a quarantine mic the other day, had over 500 and something views, um, nice. and, which is which is good for somebody that's not known at all. Are you on TikTok? Uh, uh, I was on t- I'm going back on again because my daughter's convincing me that, Mom, this is fun. So I'm going to go back on because um, it looks it is fun. I just couldn't figure out how to load to the next medium. So that's why I didn't like it. But yeah, they, they, I... Um... I had a, a comedian buddy of mine ask me, uh, who follows me on Instagram, he says, you can put those same videos on TikTok. So I yes. actually, and I had TikTok already on my cell phone, I just never used it. So now yeah. I just uploaded my first three videos on my TikTok. Um, and I don't know how to get people to follow me. I got like, you know, like on Instagram, I got thousands of followers. On Twitter, I got thousands of followers. And on Facebook, my- I'm at, on Facebook, I'm at, I'm at my 5,000 limit. So, oh. but I don't know how to get people to follow me on this TikTok. Oh, wait. So you mean I was lucky to friend you on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, I'm at my limit on Facebook. I, you know what? I take that back. I deleted. I was at my limit. I deleted some people. Okay. When, Kobe Bryant, when Kobe Bryant passed away uh, last month, mm-hmm. has it been last month? Two months ago now. Yeah, uh, when Kobe it. passed away mm-hmm. and people were doing Kobe Bryant jokes, they were getting uh-huh. deleted. They were getting uh-huh. instant deleted. Look, two things I don't play with. Right. Don't, you know, I, I, you know, don't mess with my people. <laughs> you know, don't mess right. with people. Yep. But yeah. Kobe, Kobe Bryant jokes was not allowed on my page. I was deleting people, uh, you know, and I'm I'm still a hardcore uh, uh, Michael Jackson fan. Right. I've deleted people from making Michael Jackson jokes, you know. Me too. Me too. I okay. love him. You make a Michael Jackson joke, you're going down, you know, off yeah, my page. No, I, I like him. I actually met him once when I used to work with Stephen Rubell at Studio 54 years and thousands of years ago. Um, okay. I met him once just briefly. It wasn't nothing to hang out and, you know, do that. Right. But, I just really, in my psychic opinion, because uh, I have a third eye, I just never believed the stories that I heard. I believe that they were all, you know, um, elevated to make m- uh, publicity and money. Um, so that's just my personal opinion. Um, and I just I agree. I, well, I, think it was that. I think it was. I think they're just trying to destroy a oh, legacy yeah. of, 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 you know, of, of Michael Jackson. Oh yeah, because no one could beat him. No one. No one could beat him. They had their reasons to do it. And a lot of it to do with catalogs that he owned, you know. So yes, uh, yeah. So that, that's another story. But yeah, that was deep. But yeah, we we know. So I don't. I, I delete. So I have. So I have a space on my page. Uh, okay. I, I think I deleted like ten or fifteen people. 
Uh, are you moving away from your mic? Uh, you're, you're away from your mic. I couldn't hear I'm you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. I said video streaming apps and things like TikTok, yes. Instagram, all that yes. stuff's going to go crazy now because uh, interners have to find a uh, outlet, on, like you said, to uh, put up videos and stand up comedy. So, yeah, I think it's going to be challenging and something new to do. Yes. It might be the ways. You know, hey, we made fun. Well, I didn't, but a lot of comedians made fun of the YouTube success. A lot of guys who were YouTube comics. Yes. Yep. Comedians picked on YouTube comments like crazy. Oh, they're not funny. Yes. Oh, they can't perform in yes. comedy clubs. They can't do this. There was so much hatred towards YouTube comics. Now, everybody wants. everybody's going to want to be a YouTube comic now. You're right. They're going to have to be. Johnny, They're going to have to be survive. Guys who are already successful at it, those guys who, you know, who got picked on for the last two years, because I, I can't, everywhere I go, I hear people, comedians knocking, uh, comedians knock everything. Mostly they knock YouTube comedians. Uh, okay. Before YouTube comedians, they picked on prop acts, you know, uh, and I'm a prop act, by the way, you know, but you, the guys like, you know, Gallagher back in the day who had HBO yes. specials, what HBO was, what Netflix is today, you know. He was a kid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Carrot Top, who makes millions of dollars in Vegas with his own show yes. for years, you know, who's a yeah. man with millions yes. of dollars for telling, doing, making people laugh. So, you know, yes. people pick on prop comics like crazy, but, you know, prop comics have always yeah. been successful and guys who work a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, so because it's just entertaining, and it, it can play, those yes. type of shows can play anyway. You can take my show, mm -hmm. and like I was on Def Comedy Jam, I was on the first season, yeah, the original Def Comedy mm -hmm. Jam, you know, and um, but then I also has before I have performed in front of five hundred Jewish people uh, in their eighties, you know. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> that must have been so fun. you could. I can play anywhere. Yeah, I can kill a hip-hop crowd, yes. you know. And yes. On on Thursday night, I can be in front of, uh, you know, I opened up for country singer Barbara Mandrell at one time, you know. So, uh -huh. so um, I, I've, you know, so I've been in front of all kinds of thousands. I've been, in, I walked out on stage in front of 5,000, you know, uh, country white people, or then, you know, then I've gone in front of the all hip-hop crowd, and I've done the, the, the Clubs and you're on the cruise ships. My act is one of the reasons you said my schedule is the way it was. Is mm -hmm. one of the reasons I'm, I'm able to perform with my act basically in front of almost anybody, you know. Right, right. And it allows me to eat more than most comedians because most comedians can only perform in certain type of crowds, you know. You can, exactly. Especially I, I was gonna... comedians, you know. Um, we were, you know, African American comedians never thought outside the box. We were always, we always wanted to be Richard Pryor, you know, or Bill Cosby, you know, but that nature, we always wanted to, you know, be those guys, you know, coming up, you know, the Stuart Pryor albums or, or, you know, albums, stuff like that. And we patterned ourselves after those guys, you know, so if you watch all the black comedians and, you know, the Eddie Murphy, then everybody would be Eddie Murphy, and everybody would be Martin Lawrence. And then, you know, right. you know so it's that, that whole thing, you know, but, um, mm -hmm. 
nobody ever said, you don't have any black comedians walking around going, you know, I want to be like Carrot Top, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, who's your who's your favorite comedian? I'm just curious. Do you well, have one? you know what? I like some of the old guys. Um, I, I love right. Steve Martin. You know, I work a lot like Steve Martin. If you see my act, you know, it's a lot like what oh. Steve Martin did. You know, it's Steve Martin and Don Rickles. Uh, it's together. Mm. Yeah. So I'm a little Steve Martin, a little Don Rickles, um, yes. a little Eddie Murphy. And I say Eddie Murphy because Eddie was very animated on stage, you know, with the facial expressions. And, and I have a lot of facial expressions on stage, you know, a lot of facial expressions in G, but there's a lot of Steve Martin in there. If you ever see Steve Martin stand up uh, and watch me, you see so many similarities. Um, and of course, Don Rickles. I'm, I'm, I used to call myself the Don Rickles of magic, you know, because... Uh, I was, you know, I'm that guy, you know. <laughs> You're going to have a rough night at the office, you know. <laughs> so, well, you know, um, speaking of comedians, um, what do you think it takes today for um, comics to make it? Because a lot of young comics now, you know, I, I have a not-for-profit, I told you, yes, mm-hmm. tonight, and uh, one day, we'd love to have you one day when we find a stage, um, but in the meantime, you know, yeah, we get a lot of comics, um, and they don't. They say material that's so racy. Considering you're, you're, talk, you're dealing with foster youth, I'm like, don't you know what crowd you're working? Well, you know what? That's what the do point. You think it takes? That's the point. You know, first of all, I feel bad for the new comics because they don't have any guidance. Like it's like you walk into a martial arts school, for example. Mm-hmm. They're gonna these days, and I have a martial arts background. That is that we walk to a class and put a white belt on us, you know, we work our way up to, you know, uh, the next level, which is normally gold and then green and some schools red, then uh, brown and black, you know. Uh, so it's the same thing with comedy. You come in and you start out as a white belt and then you work your way up to a black belt, which will be a headline. A lot of comics don't want to work their way up. They just want to come in and have instant success. Right. They want to be a black after, you know, an open mic, you know? Mm-hmm. They also don't have anybody that's really telling them how to be comedians, you know? A lot of times, so you have to learn to be a comic. And you, can't, you just, everybody can't learn from, some people have it, the it factor mm-hmm. thing, you know, where you can, right. and then some people have to be taught to be funny. Some people have to learn comedy. Right. I recommend schools, you know, comedy schools is the way to go. Yes, uh, I like, yeah. And a lot of times people go, oh, that comedian that's running that comedy school is not that funny. Why is I going to take his class? Because if the guy's not good on stage doesn't mean he's not a good teacher. Right, but exactly. Some of the best coaches in the NBA weren't great players. Right. There was a guy right. who rode the bench. You know, a lot of great NBA coaches rode the bench. Michael mm-hmm. Jordan would probably not be, be as good a coach as uh, Steve Kerr, for example, because, you know, Steve Kerr came off the bench. Michael Jordan was a great player. Right. But, I mean, but he probably wouldn't be as good a coach as a guy who rode the bench for 10 years, 15 years. You know what I'm saying? So, right, so, right. So well, a lot of times I hear, oh, this guy teaching a class at the funny bone. He's not even that funny. Why, why is he teaching a class? Because, yeah, he's not that funny on stage. Doesn't mean he's not a good teacher. You got to right. take a class. You can't do anything about taking class. You want to learn how to cook something. In right. class, or you go on YouTube now where there's instructions, correct? Uh, right. But people don't think they have to take comedy classes. People think, oh, I'll just be a comedian because I can watch a guy on television. 
And, yeah. You know, I watch Kevin Hart and then I think I'm going to, you know, yep. copy his act and steal his all his stuff. Exactly. Know? I see that all the time. I um I used to get teased at the mics um because they were like, oh, why are you doing those bringer shows at Gotham? I said, I love Gotham. First of all, I love the fact that I love I worked with Andy Engel and uh, Karen Bedeen. And um, and, you know, I think I learned the, the basics of what you need to know. I wouldn't have known. I would have guessed it if I would have just went out to mics. That's what a lot of people are doing. They're guessing it. And that's why I think they don't have any kind of ethics. Um, and they, they just say things that are just crazy. I, I mean, I, I told you I, I had a, a um, you know, he saw Planet of the Apes and he's going to make it Planet of the Black People. And I was like, what? So I, I stopped going to Mike's for like three months because I was just floored that someone and another guy said niggers at the end of his set. And I, and I was like, how does this work? Like, don't you have any kind of sense of your audience? They, they have you nobody. They have nobody there to tell them not to do it, and that's the, that's what I'm getting at. Like when, when I was when I was when I started out in the '80s at a comedy club, we, I wasn't mm-hmm. and I was emceeing a show. I wasn't even allowed to say you know the f word on stage. I wasn't allowed to definitely do any racy humor. You know, we have moved. Now most bookers aren't in the comedy clubs. Most bookers are guys who sit in cubicles now and they book shows, mm. but they're mm. not hands-on at the comedy clubs. Comedy clubs now are run by managers who own the bars or the restaurants or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but a lot of times the actual bookers of these mm-hmm. clubs, I'm, I'm talking about the professional level, aren't in these clubs. So guys are doing anything on stage, you know. Um mm-hmm. The new guys, they just got it. They got it good and they got it rough. You know, you got social right. media to promote yourself. Something I didn't have. You know, right? Right. I, you know, I didn't have social media or YouTube, right? Or any of this stuff when I started out. Yeah. And in a way, it was a blessing. In a way, it was you know. But today, you have that. You can yes. down get a million hits on 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 Twitter. You know, and mm-hmm. become an instant star. You can blow up. You know, there's guys out here who are big YouTube stars. Like you said, right. guys out here are big stars on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I know a guy on Instagram that has so many followers, they paying them now, you know? Wow. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I was going to tell you. I don't think that, I don't, I don't think there's no give up um, on this, especially for somebody like you, because you, you mastered this at this point. So now it's just going to be a matter of putting your, um, your marketing into something else. So what is some, what is some advice that you can give uh, new comics coming up um, today? I will give the newcomers this advice, and that is turn off the television. And I know that's hard advice. Um, do your homework. Okay. You got to know, what, know what's out there. You got to uh-huh. do your homework to know what's out there. But then, and it's okay to to watch successful people, you know. Mm-hmm. Robbins and those type of speakers would say, you know, watch successful people and mm-hmm. see what they did to be successful. So as far as business-wise, yes, you want to watch the Kevin Hart's of the world mm-hmm. and see what they did or, you know, what may have made them successful. Mm-hmm. But as far as personal act goes, mm-hmm. turn off the TV and seek originality because it's the only thing that's going to get you there. Exactly. Look, Hollywood, when you get to a certain level, yeah, they want another Martin Lawrence. Yeah, they want another Dave Chappelle. Yeah, they want, it's always another or somebody they want. They want another Jim Carrey or whatever the case may be, you know. Right. Uh, so, but in order to get to that level, you have to be successful also. Mm-hmm. Um, you can name 20 household names, you know. Mm-hmm. But then another 500 comedians or 1,000 comedians out here that you've never heard of 
mm-hmm. that are making a good living as a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The guy in Vegas uh, that does Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, you know, he's not a comedian, he's a Sammy Davis Jr. impersonator. Mm-hmm. $300,000 a year, you know. Wow. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Prince guy out there that's making money doing Prince mm-hmm. who has a very successful career. So I'm saying, yeah, but my point is what I'm saying is you don't have to be famous to be successful in this industry. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're just seeking fame, mm-hmm. you're going to put yourself in a, in a situation of stress. Don't seek fame, just seek success. Mm-hmm. Seek working. Seek, you know, I know um, a friend of mine uh, who told me about maybe 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and it's been that long, he told me this. He goes, Kevin, I make $250,000 a year and nobody knows who I am. And this was 20 years ago he told me that. You don't have to be famous to be successful in this industry. That's our time, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Tanya Cooper, and you've been listening to On the Town with our special guest this week, comedian, magician, Kevin Lee. You can find him at www.kevinleecomedy.com and you can find him on all the social media sites, Thank you guys so much for uh, checking us out. We will see you next Sunday at 8 p.m. 